Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, so I had to do one more episode for the night just to get one out of the way. And it was something, something that's been kind of weighing on my mind. It's weighing on my mind a bit. Honestly... And I think about it, and it's the Federal Reserve's love of printing money. That's frustrating to me. And let me tell you why it's frustrating. I, I don't like the Federal Reserve. I'm pretty sure the Federal Reserve doesn't know who I am, but if they did, they wouldn't like me. Um, I'm against quantitative easing, and I want to just bring up the fact that quantitative easing is called money printing. It equals money printing. This is something they don't talk about. And if they do talk about it in schools, they probably don't talk. They probably don't use the blunt language I use. It is money printing. You can use, and I just love how that quantitative easing, that is such a bullshit fuck. Like, you ever heard of, like, you know, pyramid schemes, obviously. You know they're bullshit, right? This sounds like some pyramid schemey bullshit, like multi-level marketing bullshit. Now, like, some multi-level marketing is not exactly the worst thing in the world, so... I'd probably go with Herbalife if I ever went through a multi for a multi if I ever went for any sort of multi level marketing, definitely Herbalife without a doubt. But my problem, my problem here, if you guys want to know the truth, problem is simple. It's sadly simple. <sighs> Money printing hurts the economy. Money printing hurts the economy. I want to go over an article real quick. I want to read an article. I love reading these articles, by the way, for everybody. And, um, of course, as always, I give credit where credit is due 24-7. Um, you'll have to give me a few moments, though, to find exactly what I'm looking for. Because there was, a, I, I'm pretty sure there's a good article on why money printing is bad. Give me a second. <clears throat> But yeah, it's a bad call. This will take just one moment, though. But yeah, a lot of this reminds so just as a heads up, a lot of this reminds me so much of like classic Germany back in the day, what led to the eventual rise of Hitler, for instance. Terrible, by the way. Terrible. Fuck. Uh, it pisses me off. Um, let's see. Sluggish and I'm looking for a great article I think will help. Ah. This is good. And now this is by Bitcoin magazine. I don't know how accurate a lot of this is but i will admit a lot of the people who are into this whole decentralized finance thing like bitcoin like ethereum they have a good reason to be they don't trust the banking system they don't trust the central bank and why should they why should they so this article is by the is from bitcoinmagazine.com it is called why central banks are the o- opioids 
of our economy. The Fed has got the good stuff, and it might make an intervention to set our economy back on track. So, <laughs> I just want to say that, like I said, I don't know if this is really for money printing or against it. I mean, look, I get rich from inflation just because of how many stocks I own and everything. So it ends up, I end up being fine during inflationary times. My only issue I have, the only thing that scares the shit out of me is other people in my life, my family, my friends, straight up. They don't have a lot of assets that are inflation proof. My dad doesn't have inflation proof assets. My mom does have a 401k. I will give her props on that. That shit's going to go up like crazy. She's going to have a fat retirement sum. I'm very happy for her. The thing is, though, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, get a little, I get the chills sometimes thinking about this, just how bad money printing is and how you can debase a currency and really fuck up your entire nation and your market. Capitalist market. I think capitalism is an infinite sum game. There's a reason I like it. It provides incentive to people to do more. And it provides the opportunity for people who do more and contribute more on a distributive level to affect millions of people's lives. They can get rich. And that's a beautiful incentive to get rich from helping millions of people. And if you don't call that good incentive, I, I don't know what, I don't know what you could call, what else you could call it. Um, it's exciting. And I think, I think capitalism has gotten such a bad rap. Look, there's a lot of rich people out there, really, really rich. We're talking about billions of dollars rich, but they did it because they served a lot of people in a good way. Like they've provided services that people want. These people wouldn't be rich if it wasn't for you. If it wasn't for you, the people, you, the consumer, these people wouldn't be rich. So you kind of have to point the finger at yourself as to how they got rich. Why are they billionaires? You. You're the reason they're billionaires. That's the thing, man. Ah, anyway, I love doing this show. I love sticking my face in the, I don't know. I love sticking my nose where it shouldn't be, I guess. I don't know. It sounds gross. Like sticking my nose in buttholes. No, but, um, no, but like, look, the Fed, okay. The Fed loves money printing. Let's, look, let's start first off. I got to stop going on these fucking tirade rants. I got to start reading the articles. So I'm going to read the articles. I'm going to slowly get the right window capture here. Also, I love doing the recordings instead of the streams. Just as a heads up to everybody, I think this is way better. Way more fun, too. Um, there we go. Okay. So, let's take a look at this article real quick. I'm probably going to shrink myself even further. There we go. I'm a tiny boy. Any little boy. All right, so consequences of monetary... So, yeah, and this is by uh, Dustin. The article is written by Dustin Lamblin. Like I said, it's called... It was published on November 5th, 2021. Why central banks are the opioid of our economy. And it's on BitcoinMagazine.com in the uh, culture section. Um, all right, let's continue. Anyway, consequences of monetary policy will go beyond the stock market or the economy. It will shape everyone's life 
throughout the 21st century, up to the very meaning of freedom and democracy. Central bank policy is a fascinating subject and probably one of the most controversial discussions you can have on the trading floor. On a trading floor, if you are a newcomer to the to this industry and you are looking for an icebreaker at the coffee machine on a Monday morning, uh, central banks are always a good pick. Everyone will have an opinion on it, good or bad. Very few people stay indifferent uh, to central bank policies. It's always it always amazes me how such topics can provide such radically opposite views. Even the most prominent actors on the stock market and the most brilliant minds on of the planet can find a consensus on the impact of, of the central bank actions. So where lies the truth about central bank consequences? Before we start, I don't want to disappoint anyone. You will not find the holy truth here. You will only find the humble opinion of someone who has spent 10 hours of his day in front of his Bloomberg screen trying to assess the future impact of monetary policy on our daily life. This article will be a strong espresso shot of my personal opinion. Research and conclusions I have gathered over the past five years. Over the past five years, when I was working as a portfolio manager for private clients, I will try to make the complex as simple as possible. And whether you have been in the industry for years or you have no prior background in finance and economy, I hope this article will challenge your perception and raise your interest on the subject that will shape everyone's life in the 21st century. Quantitative easing at Vitam Eternum. I don't know what that means. We'll see. When we talk about the modern time of central banks, we need to talk about quantitative easing, also called QE. You probably heard the term during the aftermath of of the 2008 global financial crisis, and it was the main tool used by central banks to relaunch our economy. It would be normal to still, it would still be, it would, sorry, it would be, it would be normal to still hear about it nowadays as it's still active. And I know what you're thinking right now. What, 12 years later, but the financial crisis is over now. Yes. And that is part of the problem I'm hoping to explain in this article. In simple terms, quantitative easing is a transaction in which a central bank will purchase uh, a given quantity of an asset, usually bonds, uh, from governments or companies. Uh, The direct effect is to offer liquidity to the government or a company, which in turn might use the money to launch a program. For example, for governments, social welfare during the COVID-19 pandemic. You might be asking, but Dustin, what does it have to do with me? I'll get there, I promise. The mechanism behind quantitative easing is that it can reduce interest rates uh, via asset purchases. Buying these government bonds will inevitably push the price of the bond higher, and therefore, the rates of the bond lower. You have to trust me on that. It will lower the cost of, for governments and companies raising funds in the markets, in these markets, and should, at least in theory, lead to higher spending in the economy. When the European Central Bank, ECB, continually buys government bonds, it pushes interest rates lower, including indirectly affecting the one that will negotiate with your commercial bank. 
uh, to buy a house, for example. This is also why we say that quantitative easing is supposed to stimulate the economy by lowering interest rates. People will be incentivized to consume. Example, buying a house. There is ongoing debate among financial experts on whether QE is equivalent to printing money. Some would argue that it is not, that QE is merely an asset swap between central banks and a commercial bank. And in order to create new money in the system, <laughs> commercial banks would need to create new loans. This is why I say it's money printing. However, no one can contest the fact that central banks buy assets by creating central bank reserves. Uh, we will not go down the rabbit hole of discussing monetary base versus money supply. The central bank buys assets out of thin air. We will refer to that as printing money in this article. Obviously, the central bank has unlimited power for printing money, and hypothetically, they could print as much money as they want. They could even indirectly give money to people. For example, France could issue any number of government bonds and redistribute the proceeds to the people, knowing perfectly that the central bank would buy these bonds. The problem with printing money in any form is that it has its own consequences. It is not free. I want you to stop here for a second, as this is probably one of the most important points of this article. Read it as many times as you need to. There is no free lunch in life. <clears throat> this is kind of a long article, so I will stop at some point if I feel like it's getting a little too lengthy. Um, anyway, the expression free lunch is used in finance to refer to something you get for free that you would usually have to work or pay for. It is, not a it is not only a financial term, it also applies to your daily life in more ways than you realize. Take, take the example of Google. You think you use Google for free, but they actually monetize your personal information. You are the product, and your personal information is the implicit currency. You never get anything for free. Think about it. Everything has a hidden cost. To go back to quantitative easing and liquidity injection, what does it have to do with free lunch and what will be the hidden cost? You might be thinking, what's the problem of a liquidity injection? If we can afford houses and we can consume more because credit is cheaper, what's wrong about that? Well, the central bank still has to print money for that. It is like an implicit loan, not only for you, but for our society. Think of it like a collective loan. So, like any loan you take, we will have to pay back this liquidity at some point, one way or another. And there are many ways. Either we have higher inflation, or our currency will be worthless, or we will have higher taxes. The more something is available, the less value it has. And it is the same with our money. The problem is, let's see, the problem is that the consequences I just mentioned have failed to materialize just yet. Example, higher inflation or, or weakening of currency. And because the symptoms have not appeared, people think they won't ever appear. So they think they can keep doing what they're doing without consequences. People advocate that we live in a new world environment, which is true. For example, technological revolution is naturally deflationary. You get more for less. 
Example Netflix, which can counterbalance the inflationary effect created by QE. This might this might be one of the reasons why inflation stays abnormally low while we keep printing money. But it doesn't mean that everything is fine. For example, the use of acetaminophen might temper your fever for a moment, but if the root of your problem is much deeper, the acetaminophen will only hide the real problem. Part of the problem is that people only think about the first derivative. Uh, about the first derivative. No inflation equals no problem. Um, however, we live in a very complex and multidimensional world where consequences are not, not, always lin not always linear. We never wonder what, this, what are the second and third derivatives of our actions, which are mathematically speaking the most dangerous and powerful ones. Uh, example, for the financial experts, consequences of gamma and options, derivatives, butterfly effect, etc. Remember, your actions have consequences, and there is no such thing as a free lunch. Even if even if it's not even if not obvious at first consequences especially second and third derivative ones might appear later in the future in new and unknown forms while it may not be immediately apparent printing money will have consequences and we should deal with quantitative easing in that manner total assets of major central banks that's insane this graph right here um uh, basically says the fed this is like cool my God, central banking, though, is so corrupt. I'm sorry, I hate it. Yeah. Maybe it was needed at the time. Who the hell knows at this point, but... Like always, we perverted a good concept for Machiavellian purposes. Machiavellian purposes. Like I said, the purpose of quantitative easing was to stimulate the economy during a downturn. During a recession, it is important to re-stimulate the economy. When you push interest rates lower, you ton... You tunnel fresh capital to firms, projects, and investments. It, it helps to create jobs, and, and the more people have jobs, the more people consume, the easier they can afford to buy a house, and so on. It is self-nourishing. It is a self-nourishing feedback loop on that point. It does make a lot of sense to use tools to stimulate the aggregate demand during difficult times. QE is one of the strongest tools in the shed. In times of crisis, you need all the help you can get. That's why I am, I am not here to blame central bankers in this kind of situation. Where would we be if they hadn't intervened after the financial crisis or during the COVID-19 pandemic? Probably in a worse situation than now. While QE interventions are justified to ramp up the economy during certain times, uh. Let's see. During certain times, it is really hard to rationalize the use of liquidity over a long period of time. Financial market is like any natural system. QE is the antibiotic administered to our economic immune system. And just like with real-life antibiotics, its repeated improper use can lead to the growth of a nasty therapy-resistant bugs and in the long term hamper our natural ability to fight off disease. We have been feeding our economic body with uh, antibiotics for the past 13 years, every day for no particular reason. We have been making our economic immune system weaker and weaker year after year.
we now use extreme measures on a regular basis. At some point, your extreme measures are no more extreme if you keep using them on a daily basis. They essentially become the new normal. But what will happen the next time we have a rough patch? What firepower will be left if we've already used up all of our ammunition? When you think about it, <clears throat> sorry about that, you guys. Ooh. Oh, give me a moment. <clears throat> Just a lot to read. Okay. <clears throat> what happens the next time? What will happen the next time we have a rough patch? What firepower will be left if we've already used up all of our ammunition? When you think about it, central bank interventions are completely unnatural. Life is uh, cyclical. We are born, we live, and we die. This is the cycle of life. The economy, too, is cyclical. There is a phase of recovery, a booming economy, a, slowly, a slowing economy, and from time to time, there is recession, either caused by human actions like 2008 or by economic cycles. Nowadays, we do everything in our power to make cycles generally longer, not only uh, on the financial market with QE, but also with life longevity uh, and biogenetic techniques, which sure, on paper, sounds exciting. In the particular case of the economy, the fact that we try at any cost to save and push cycles for extended periods of time has negative consequences for the entire ecosystem. Central bank intervention is prone to moral hazard, and negative interest rates keep zombie companies alive. Uh, <clears throat> crises are painful, but they tend to clean the economic environment from human excess, excess leverage, fraud, financial bubbles. In the new environment we live in, where we don't allow stock market to go down, we push people to take more risk. We create a very unnatural, fragile system. Man, this is such a huge article. Look, I am not going to, this is a hell of an article, by the way. But I, kudos to the author, by the way. Let's give one quick kudos to the author because I can't read all that. But you can check it out. Like I said, it's on BitcoinMagazine.com. It's an article by Dustin Lamblin. came out like five days ago at the time of this recording. Uh, just look up why central banks are the opi opioid of our economy. And you should be able to find it on there. You could even just do a Google search. You know, Bitcoin Magazine, central banks, opi opioid our economy. Oh, that was an interesting read. Very educational though. Not going to lie. Okay. So <laughs> All right. Let's get back to normal size here. So I hope that was at least educational in some way. I just didn't want to go on and on. It was a very long article. Not like not as a bad thing. It's actually very well written, very educational. I'll, to read I'll probably read through it in my personal time, most likely. But yeah, quantitative easing is basically money printing when it comes down to it. So what we're doing is eventually it's all going to blow up in our face, you know, because we've kept companies alive that shouldn't still be alive. We're creating a whole funny money system, which is interesting. And, um, and truth be told, I don't know how much I trust it. And I don't know how anybody can really trust it at the end of the day. But yeah. 
I uh, definitely don't trust central banks. Um, I'm definitely all about decentralized finance at this point, and we'll see what else happens. Uh, hopefully, big tech does not stay in bed with these big, with big government. I hope not. Uh, at least one can dream that they don't. But anyway, thank you guys for taking the time once again. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay sexy, and have an incredible rest of the day. Bye.